Island girl, if you have your Bible. Genesis 3, 16. Last Sunday morning, I ministered a message I've titled, Which Came First, the Chicken or the Egg? This is part B of that message, Island Girl, from Genesis chapter 3, verse number 16, if you have your Bible this morning. I read an article last week, The Feminization of Christianity. And one of the interesting facts that the uh, author uh, Podols wrote, of all the major religions, Hinduism, Buddhism, Islam, the gender gap, he writes, is distinct to Christianity. Even in Judaism, they have a gender balance or even more men very often than women. That's an interesting insight in especially into the American church. America and much of the world today has become gynocentric societies, including Guam. Gynocentrism is a dominant or exclusive focus on women in theory or practice. One definition, anything can be considered gynocentric when it is uh, concerning exclusively or concerned exclusively with female or feminist point of view. Feminism is turning men into women and women into stressed out men who are slaves to corporate America. That's quite a statement. Reading recently, the founding members of BLM are lesbians. Gives you some insight. Strong male leadership today is under attack. And not only is the president being opposed because of his ideology, but he's also hated because he's an alpha male. We're hearing terms today in the news, be aware of toxic masculinity. Our universities have been teaching for several decades that patriarchy is equivalent of oppression. Because of that, we see the reversal of roles in America. There's a curse that's in effect today. You can see this, the evidence. Women are becoming more masculine. Men are becoming effeminate. And you're hearing words like eagle, eagle, uh, egalitarianism, or you hear the words misandry. Misandry is the hatred of men or the dislike or contempt for or ingrained prejudice against men. Egalitarianism is the belief that men and women are simply equal. Now we know in the Bible very clearly as we're looking at a biblical perspective that there is neither male nor female in Christ. There's neither Greek nor Jew, but when it comes to roles, can I tell you this morning, it's like two different planets because we have roles to fulfill. There's a major turmoil going on right now inside the Southern Baptist denomination over this egalitarianism versus complementarianism. The goal of feminism in America is the complete domination and oppression of men. This has not only affected our society at large, but also the church has felt the impact. There's a need this morning to restore balance, and that's 
what I'm trying to do with this message today. Genesis 3.16, Island Girl. Let's look at it, Genesis 3. Just one passage in the Word of God. Verse number 16. To the woman, he said, I will greatly multiply your sorrow and your conception. In pain you shall bring forth children, and your desire shall be for your husband, and he shall rule over you. Island girl. Father, we thank you for the anointing this morning that destroys every yoke. And I give you the praise and glory in Jesus' name. Now, I told you last week that we are an equal opportunity employer. So I went after the men last week. So ladies, hold on. So the feminization of the church reflects a feminization of the larger culture. So I want to consider with you, first of all, from the Bible here, the woman's desire. Notice verse number 16 of our text. Genesis 3, 16. Your desire will be for your husband, and he will rule over you. So ladies, it's in your DNA. Same word is used in Genesis chapter 4 and verse number 7. If thou doest well, shalt thou not be accepted. And if thou doest not well, sin lieth at the door, and unto thee shall be his desire, and thou shalt rule over him. So we can conclude by looking at Genesis 3.16 and Genesis chapter 4, verse number 7. We can conclude that the word desire means something more in these two passages. The New Living Translation renders the verse more clearly. New Living Translation, Genesis 3.16, and you will, be, you will desire to control your husband, but he will rule over you. NET Translation, you will want to control your husband, but he will dominate you. So we can safely conclude that God meant what he said to Eve. And thy desire shall be to thy husband, and he shall rule over thee. Now, here's a few things that would result from Eve's sin. Number one, women will desire to rule, possess, or control, or dominate, or even be men. Number two, a war between men and women will always arise if men do not remain in the lead. The Bible is very clear. It teaches a biblical hierarchy. Now, I'm not running this morning for any political office because this is not a politically correct message. This is the totally antithesis of the, of the generation and the culture in which we live today. But the mark of every pagan culture is matriarchy. 1 Corinthians chapter 11 and verse number 3, we find God's chain of command. But, but I want you to know that the head of every man is Christ, and the head of the woman is the man, and the head of Christ is God. One writer wrote, virtuous and prudent women are not born, they are made. There was an old book that was written many years ago, Disciples Are Not Born, Disciples Are Made. But you could also say this morning, that virtuous and prudent women 
are not born, they are made. Because we are corrupt. Eve was corrupted by sin. Adam was corrupted. And I want to say this morning that godly women are crafted in four ways. Number one, through godly parenting. Number two, godly patriarchal husbands. Number three, older godly wives as mentors. And number four, most importantly, a determination through the Spirit of God. It's interesting when you read the writings of the Apostle Paul. Paul tells wives in Ephesians chapter 5 three times to submit. He tells the men, the husband, he tells men to love their wives three times. Now someone has come up with this wonderful uh, phrase and uh, they turned it into a book. It's a popular book by Dr. Egerich called Love and Respect. So what we're talking about this morning is the love and respect cycle. The woman is to respect her husband and the husband is to love his wife. They call this the love and respect cycle. Amen. Well, I will submit when he loves. That'll never work. I'm only going to love when she respects. That ain't going to happen. And I have couples come into my office with the, the, uh, the mistaken notion that marriage is a 50-50 deal. You wish. Marriage is a 100-100 deal. It takes a conscious effort for both husband and wife to do what God has called them to do. So I'm here to refute the lie of our culture. We need to get back to the Bible and bring a balance to this message. Can you say amen? I'll look secondly this morning at the inherit danger. Book of 1 Corinthians chapter 11 this morning is a very strong warning from the Apostle Paul about a demonic assault or a spiritual attack. 1 Corinthians this morning chapter 11. You might want to make sure that I'm not preaching false doctrine. Follow along with me in your Bible. 1 Corinthians 11, verse number 10. For this reason, the woman ought to have a symbol of authority on her head because of the angels. Now, this is a strong warning. This truth is just as relevant today as it was in the New Testament church. The devil is still serving up the same fried ice cream. How many know he hasn't changed his strategy in all these years? 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse number 10, in the CEB translation, listen to this, because of this, a woman should have authority over her head because of the angels. TPT translation, for this reason, she should have authority over the head because of the angels. Now, he's not talking here this, this uh, morning about good angels. He's making here a reference to fallen angels. And there's an inherent danger in females because of their makeup. And we're not talking about who's better here. We're not talking about the male being better than the female, the female better than the male. We're talking about the emotional makeup of a woman. Why would God tell the man to love his wife? 
as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it because men are thick-headed. Love does not come natural. He never told the woman, you don't find anywhere in Ephesians where God says to the woman, love your husband. Because this comes more natural to her because of her emotional makeup. He tells the woman, submit. I knew I'd get an amen out of the men this morning. The women had your chance last week to shout amen. Why would he tell the women to submit and not love? Because it's in your DNA to control your husband. Genesis 3.16. Your desire will be for your husband. Living translation, your desire will be to control your husband. And the Bible says here that the woman needs a covering over her head, and there is a chain of command. God is so clear. And any time you violate the chain of command in a culture, it opens the door to utter chaos and confusion. What a generation we live in. Every individual in the church needs a covering, male or female. The head of the man is Christ. The head of the woman is the man, and the head of Christ is God the Father. And any time this chain of command is violated, it opens the door to confusion and chaos. It all started at the beginning over gender. Did it or didn't it? Genesis chapter 1. It began with gender, and at the end of this age, it's going to end with confusion about gender. We're not talking about who's better, male or female. We're talking about the roles that God has called us into. God is very clear this morning that there's an inherent danger. The idea here is the vulnerability being exposed to demonic attack. Ladies, you are vulnerable to deception. It was Eve that was deceived, not Adam. And like your mother Eve who was deceived, the symptoms of uncoveredness in our generation as a pastor, I learned these things. You know how I learned these things? 46 years of ministry, that's how I learned these things. The symptoms of uncovered women, fretful, tormented. Women function out of security. Mark of uncoveredness is insecurity, emotional upheaval, sickly, flighty, unstable, making decisions off the cuff, impulsive. Manipulators, emotional manipulation, domineering, dominating grown children is witchcraft. Gossips, independent. How many remember that country song, living single in a double bed? You have the wedding band, but you're living as if you are single. Listening to the wrong spirit. Uncovered women are very often marked by being super spiritual. They have mental blocks, 
Many of them are loose morally. They use sex as a weapon. I mean, seduction is the mode of operation on the island of Guam. They're boisterous. They're loud. And we're seeing today the domination of women in society. This has resulted in childlike, girly guys. Isaiah 3 and verse 12, For as my people, children are their oppressors, and women rule over them. Listen to what God said. Oh, my people, those who lead you, cause you to err and destroy the way of your paths. Once ladies are in the lead and the men are following, Satan can defeat the entire marriage family and society, and that's exactly what happens on island. Here are practical ways in which women have taken authority over men. Number one, nagging and arguing. What men will do to avoid the drama, men will give in to make peace. They surrender. How about this one, withholding sex and intimacy? So the next time the man is about to make a decision that could conflict with his wife, he thinks twice about it. The Bible gives strong warning, 1 Corinthians 7, verses 3 to 5, the husband must fulfill his marital duty to his wife with goodwill and kindness. Likewise, the wife to her husband. Listen to these words. The wife does not have exclusive authority over her own body, but the husband shares with her. And likewise, the husband does not have exclusive authority over his body, but the wife shares with him. Do not deprive each other of marital rights, except perhaps by mutual consent for a time, so that you may devote yourselves unhindered to prayer, but come together again, so that Satan will not tempt you to sin because because of your lack of self-control. This is one of the ways that women have taken authority over men in the home. Thirdly, second-guessing his every decision. You know, if a husband makes a mistake because he's human, he's belittled and treated like a complete idiot. This is the generation we live in. He's virtually condemned and labeled by his wife as incapable of leadership, and the discovery of his mistake ends in volcanic eruption as the wife completely tears him down. She uses his failures to reiterate why she should be the head of the home. Repeated treatment like this and the man becomes self-fulfilling prophecy consistently making bad decisions. But it's not because he's irresponsible, it's because he's been spiritually abused which leads him to second guess himself. Are you hearing me? That spirit in his wife floods his mind, nags him to death about his incapability. He used to have logic and clarity, but now there's another voice mixing in everything up. He's becoming indecisive and scrambled, and his mistakes are the evidence. We're talking about spiritual abuse. Disapproval and disrespect is the ultimate emasculation. Using the system to punish him, of course, is the tactics used today by the vilest of people. What a generation we live in. 
The curse of the modern-day church is uncovered individuals. I'm going somewhere with this message, so you bear with me. I'm closing this morning by talking about the Spirit-controlled woman. The Spirit-controlled woman. I'm talking about the Holy Spirit and a need to recover biblical manhood and womanhood. Submitted women, and I want to say submission is an attitude, are spirit-controlled. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 1, down to verse number 3, Likewise, wives, be submissive to your own husbands, that even if some do not obey the word, they without a word may be won by the conduct of their wives. When they observe your chaste conduct, accompanied by fear, do not let your adornment be merely outward, arranging the hair, wearing gold, or putting on fine apparel. Rather, let it be the hidden person of the heart with the incorruptible beauty of a gentle and a quiet spirit, which is very precious in the sight of God. The Bible teaches very clearly that women can win over their unsaved husbands by their behavior, by living the Christian life. This is a spirit-controlled woman. Your husband's not going to get saved because you're pinning scriptures to his pillowcase at night. Just live it. Number two, spirit-filled control women, they, they are also very peaceful. Very insightful in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse number 8 and 9. Listen to this passage of scripture. Verse number 8. For man is not from the woman, but woman from the man. Nor was man created for the woman, but woman for the man. Very insightful. Ladies, if you fail here, then you have failed in your Christian life and Christian experience. You can be the CEO, the big boss down at the job site, but the Bible says that you were not made, he was not made for you, you were made for him. Very insightful, isn't it? When you begin to read the Bible, because you've been inundated by the culture. The culture has affected the way the church thinks today. What a generation we live in. You can be successful in the business world. You may be uh, making a six-figure salary, but if you're a wife, your first responsibility is to be successful right here in this area. Your sphere of influence is your husband and your children. And if you can take care of your husband and take care of your children, no matter what happens down on the job site, you're a very successful person in the kingdom of God. Spirit-controlled women are peaceful. They're satisfied. They're content. You know, my pastor said one time, women are never happy. You know, the worst thing that a woman can do to their husband is never be happy. You mean, pastor, there are women like that? Of course, there are men like that. Like Pastor Jesse said last Wednesday night, we know the, that every woman has a monthly cycle, but men should not have monthly cycles. <laughs> a generation when the men are emotional, the men are emoting, and the women are looking for security. The, most, the happiest women in the world 
are not the women livers. The happiest and freest women in the world are spirit-filled women that are full of the Holy Ghost, that are living the Christian life. What an example this church is to the rest of this culture. It's very interesting when you read the newspaper, the insight that you get. The reason why we're getting so many dollars on Guam, give us American money, Guam, G-U-A-M, is because my liaison in Washington, D.C. has the ear of Nancy Pelosi. Aren't you folks, don't you just feel secure that Nancy Pelosi is now the governor of Guam? The rise of the female spirit in our generation. The men are all portrayed as Archie Bunker. I want to say this morning that women that are under spiritual covering pray powerful prayers. 1 Corinthians 11 verse 5, don't pray with your head uncovered. It dishonors your head. Let's be honest. We know who runs Guam. Might as well just shake your head up and down like that. We know who runs Guam and we know who runs the families on this island. Island girl. I'm sure I'll shake out a few this morning. But you're not going to see me down here. I'm not running for any kind of political office. I'm not going to be standing down tomorrow morning with my banner waving at people as they go by. <laughs> this is not a hate women sermon. This is called finding our proper roles, gentlemen. Last week I went after you. Which came first, the chicken or the egg? Do women run things because the men won't stand up? Probably. Pastor Mitchell said one time, he said, the reason why we have so many Jezebels is because we have so many Ahabs. I've had people stomp up after service and angry. Pastor, don't you know that I wear the pants? My, I said, yeah, you wear the pants, the zipper's in the back. <laughs> I'm the head, yes, and your wife is the neck that moves the head. The real power behind the throne on Guam is domineering, overbearing, boisterous, uncovered females. And the church should be in defiance of false gender. There is no third sex. We're either male or we're female. And if you're a female, do what God has called you to do. Don't be dissatisfied with your role. Husband, quit abdicating all of your authority. Why is it that the women are the go-getters today? In the church today, they're the ones that want to follow up, do the preaching, prophesy, give themselves to Bible memorization. 
and the husband just sits there. You have to feel it behind their ear trying to find a pulse. There is a heartbeat. They are alive. The Bible says, because of the woman's incorruptible beauty. This is not a scripture against makeup, by the way. Thank God for makeup. Men, thank God for makeup. For a man is not from the woman, but woman for man, nor was man created for the woman, but woman for the man. The man needed a help meet. God knew men, he knew you needed help. Women have a civilizing effect on us. If, most of, if we weren't married here this morning, most of us would be dragging our knuckles on the ground. <laughs> we need that civilizing effect. When it comes to leadership, we need men to rise up in this generation and take the lead. Isn't it interesting when you open up the newspaper? Every new appointee in every position on the island is female. You know I'm telling you the truth. If I'm lying, I'm dying. Walk into these businesses and find out who the real, the real leader is. Matriarchal societies are pagan. Guam is a pagan society. We are Christians living in a pagan society which means we stand against everything that they stand for. We stand against recreational marijuana. We stand against abortion. Amen. We stand against every Jezebel that's in control. We stand against the society that says it's all right for two of the same sex to be married. We're against that because the Bible's against it. And we're not apologizing this morning for what we believe. So if you're a visitor here this morning, we don't normally preach like this every service. Tonight, I promise, if you come, I will sing a special for you. Can't we all just get along? No, not really. You're no brother of mine just because you're white. What do you believe about this book? Jesus is coming back soon. And he's coming back for a church that is in order. The reason why our homes are out of, our country is out of order is because our homes are out of order. Love your husband. Submit to your husband. Men, love your wives. Provide a covering for your wife. Amen. 45 years, I'm getting ready to go on, I'm getting ready to have 45, 46 years of marriage. Best thing that ever happened in my life outside of salvation is getting married to a woman who never tried to be the theological resource of my church, supported my ministry all these years, quietly sitting there in the back, minding her own business as an encourager. Best thing that ever happened in my life. She is not the co-pastor. You know, that's the big thing today. Pastors. 
no pastor. And my wife is not the pastor. My wife is the supporter of the ministry. And she's released me to God to do the will of God. It's a great blessing. I can't thank God enough every day. Men, rise up in this generation. Ladies, turn him over to God so that God can turn him into a real man. Let's bow our heads together in the presence of the Lord this morning. Holy Spirit is dealing with people. What I'm preaching this morning is the total antithesis of this generation. The church sticks out like a sore thumb. This is why the devil hates the church so much. The devil hates men and women of God this morning. He hates the church. Every major religion, every major religion, men are involved. The only one that where men today are no longer involved, and that's Christianity. You're here this morning, God is dealing with you. God is speaking to you. You say, Pastor, I'm not right with God. I'm not saved. I'm not born again. 